I guess everybody's having their summer uh, vacations, huh? Yep. Back to school is about to start, so. Sure. Don't remind me. Yeah, homeschooling, school. high, homeschooling two high school kids this year. Yeah, school is starting August 9th out here. Oh, wow. Yeah, they don't, they're not allowed to start until September 1st here because it's too, it gets too hot and the, um, the facilities are 50 years behind. And they make so much money in that lottery. They don't use any money towards education. It's horrible what they do around here. Every other person's scamming. <laughs> like our mayor, like we've had three mayors in a row go to prison <laughs> and get, uh, what impeached or I don't know how it works with local governments. Is that a season five of the wire? <laughs> yeah. What <laughs> whatever the next season is. <laughs> Actual live things. It's it's it got it got to the point where it's like you don't even keep up with it because you just know everybody's crooked. Now the the guy that is there now, he he seems legit. Everybody's skeptical of him. But then they're doing a thing where, like, you know, the entire city is Amsterdam, which, you know, at the wire reference, yeah. um, which, you know, they've they've had a few places like that over the years. Like I could I could swear that my neighborhood was one of the neighborhoods where if you didn't do any violent crime or no robberies like, you know, like breaking in or something, yeah. they would let you do whatever you wanted. And it felt like other places, it wasn't like that. There was more of a police presence. And then eventually, like, my neighborhood turned, it's like they gentrified it. And it's like, you know, all the locals had to move out and all the businesses, like, you wouldn't go there to eat. like eat it's so much money just to like have a regular afternoon and we would have like uh christmas parades or you know like mayfairs and the entire neighborhood would be loaded that's how they have it now like just on a regular like wednesday or thursday night and you can see like they just they ran everybody out so i don't know what the where the translation went from just allowing whatever they're going around here till everybody's gone. So now you bring in all the money and like none of the other parts of the city see it. Like nothing's connected. It, it's, uh, I don't know. It, they don't, there's no leadership and everybody's just grabbing for money and whoever can grab the most money. Um, you know, that's 10, that tends to be what they're just going for. Like they they could, they could do so many more seasons of the wire. But I mean, it gets it gets too real. Nobody wants to write it. Does the wire hold up? I mean, as far as like, you know, honestly, I can't I can't go back and and uh, and watch it. Um, I did for a few years, like after the final season. Um, once I started, once too many of my friends either just were, you know, either died from you know, drugs or, you know, were murdered. It, it got like, it became too real. So like a lot of times on Twitter, like I'm just, oh yeah, everybody's joking about the wire. And I'm like, yeah, imagine living it. Yeah. Cause like, I can't even watch it now. 
and maybe that has something to do with you know my brother not being here anymore but it's just like i don't know it's a uh, i think it does it it kind of was a little bit worse than what the wire let on um you know but they can only show so much i guess right like well it was on hbo i mean hbo can show everything yeah i mean but do they want to show like how terrible it gets like they didn't get into like bubbles living in you know um what was it his was that his family's house he was living in the basement yeah his uh his sister's I, house yeah i don't think it did did it show how much it took on her entire family like the, you don't get a you know a, a whole overview of it i mean i might they might have had like one or two little things that they were tr- maybe trying to insinuate like i said it's been a few years since i watched it but uh if um you know like that that eats up the entire family because it's not like everybody it's not like oh yeah we don't care like the entire family cares and it's like from top to bottom that you know one person it destroys them and then other people start to go under so like there was there's some levels to it that they could have got a little bit more realer with but for just trying to paint a paint a broad picture it was kind of you know it it did its job and it, it definitely does hold up i mean I think I've come to terms with uh, Twitter loving it. And in a way it's like, oh yeah, well, you know, they all love that. Like, do you, do you, do you love me? (laughs) No, I know that, not that, but it's just like a lot of the parts of the wire are like my life and, you know, you can get hate on Twitter, but like just individually, but then you see all the love for this show and you're just like, so many people love that lifestyle or the stories and it's just like yeah, you know i i came from that so it's just like they love a piece of me which you know then i start to seem you know narcissistic and you know where's pal at has he joined yet <laughs> uh no pal pal is not in the room yet but yeah, he's in uh, he's in he's in laker he's in laker uh, heaven right now with them bringing back all his old favorites <laughs> the Wayne Ellingtons of the world. What um, I don't know. What team do you, do you root for? So I'm a I'm a Yankees fan. Um, you see, you guys all. I'm so I get so confused with everybody trying to keep up with like, and I know Lou is Lou our Atlanta United fan. Yeah. Now I know I know like I, I know you're a Yankee fan, and I've. I should have remembered that because one off the last um, one of the last episodes we did, um, it was about the hats. And like, I would never buy a Yankee piece of merchandise, but I bought the Lou Gehrig hat, and I wanted to shame people for not buying it. Be like, hey, you know, you if I can buy it out of all people, <laughs> you know, like you guys should be able to buy it. Um, well, if, but, if Tom Habershow, a, a Red Sox fan, can you know <laughs> buy it and you know support it, and I, I know it's for for a really really good cause, right? You know, imls.org. Um, but if if he can not only buy it but wear it on on Freedom, you know, for twenty four hours, I mean, anyone can you know go out and buy the hat and support imls.org. It, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. <laughs> Yeah, I um, I, I I don't know if it was get to the point where it's like, hey, 
would me sending mine back to you and then you raffling it off because it hasn't left the box would that be like some kind of prize that our crazy listeners and we love you for it but would that be some kind of thing that they would want to do i don't uh i don't know if if they (laughs) care that much about me but you know (laughs) i I don't think i have the reach um (laughs) hey uh here's cap's unopened hat um cap's cap you know cap Yeah, I I was gonna interrupt everybody the other the other you know the other week and say that, and I'm like, yeah, I'll save that for when there's nobody else on the pod. <laughs> well, this this is the perfect opportunity. Um, exactly. So uh, so yeah, I'm a I'm a diehard Yankee fan. Um, I used to be a really big New York Giants fan, um, but I haven't watched a football game in probably two years now maybe three years um yeah and i and this includes the super bowl i i haven't watched maybe more than five minutes of a game over the last two years i haven't seen a full basketball game since game six of the 98 finals so jordan's uh shot over brian russell That that was the last basketball game i watched uh, you must have so much time to do other things. Like all I do is watch <laughs> sports. Like and and I find myself like molding my schedule around the sports schedule. Like what big things do I want to watch on today? But don't get me wrong, I'm not just watching one. I'll I'll watch like five, six at a time. Um, one, two, three, four. I got six screens in front of me, you know, counting a phone. So, you know, you five the, you bigger You got the screens. Mike Ryan set up, huh? Yeah, pretty much. I think steak is, is like this too. This, this one goes back to, I think, watching wrestling and a Ravens Sunday night game. Um, I was trying to watch a pay-per-view. So I think the Ravens ended up getting like blown out. This is maybe, you know, six, seven years ago. And um, it was funny. Flem was like, oh yeah, what would you guys have to talk about? Man. We could talk Orioles Yankees for you know twenty years. <laughs> if, if Ravens Giants Super Bowl, which I'm I'm sorry, but you guys have you know quite a few since then. I mean, so there's there would definitely be plenty of things that we could figure out. <laughs> I mean, that, Yan- uh, Yankees Orioles, thirty five to seven, right I think. Yeah. Yep. That was that seven. That seven might as well have been been thirty four or thirty three because I think it was thirty four to seven. But yeah, well, and, that, and the seven that was uh, either a punt return for a touchdown or a kick return for a it touchdown. was a kick return. Yeah, it was a kick it. return. That's it. I and the way like I don't know why I felt when it went it was seventeen nothing and then you guys um, you know returned the kick and it was like oh seventeen seven oh shit here they come they're gonna beat us you know like this was our fifth year fourth year um, you know we weren't supposed to do anything you know you guys were the giants and I was just like. I know that you guys had made a run in the playoffs. I think you weren't supposed to beat the Vikings that year, but you guys just like waxed them. 41 nothing. Yeah, that was, and we're like, yeah, oh yeah, we'll be fine. They just scored 41. (laughs) I think that, that my, uh, that Minnesota offense was really good. I think too. Yeah. That was was at the the Randy Moss offense. Yeah. Culpepper. That would have been a, I mean, not that, you know, I didn't enjoy you know, playing the Giants in the Super Bowl, but that would have been uh, something to see Ray Lewis 
go up against, you know, Randy Moss and Culpepper in a in a Super Bowl, like looking back, rather than Trent Dilfer versus uh Kerry Collins. Is, is so, so Trent Dilfer has to be in the top three of the worst Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, right? So it would, it would go Trent Dilfer in, in no particular order. It's going to go Trent Dilfer, um, Brad Johnson, and it's got to be <laughs> Jeff Hostetler. You're right. Who, man, Brad Johnson. I like, I completely forgot that he got a Super Bowl. Yeah, with the uh, the Bucks in what was that 2002, 2003? Yeah, it one of those one of those years that was in between the Patriots years, I think. Yeah, because that that was over the Raiders. That was right after uh, Knock on Wood. If you're with me, uh, went from uh, Oakland to Tampa. So we were we were uh, talking in the uh, in the group chat earlier. Um, what? Uh, what would be a game show that you would absolutely destroy or what would be a game show that you would love to go on? Um, Murph, I'm going to, I'm going to pull you in on this as well. So cap, what, uh, what's a game show you think you would absolutely crush there? That one from when we were kids that they're bringing back that I would never get a chance to go on. Um, but was it, is it the, the, is it the temple of doom? No, what it's oh, like the Let legends of the hidden temple. Okay, yeah, I was way off. <laughs> <laughs> you you were you were going off of uh um Indiana Jones. Yeah, I don't even know at this point. I, I haven't been able to actually interact on Twitter for a week. So like I would have probably been fresh and remembered that, but not being able to interact with anybody has me lacking on my 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 Twitter uh knowledge. Um <laughs> But uh, I think I'd be really good on that. And I actually applied. I, this was before the show did the wipeout. I think I applied to be on that. Um, on wipeout or on American Ninja? Well, they did American Ninja. I think I applied to be on wipeout. I didn't. I would never apply to be on American Ninja. I didn't never trained hard enough as as those people. Those insane, crazy people. Hey, you guys are awesome, but you are insane i never, would never even have thought of doing any of that but i did want to go and wipe out i think i just thought it would be fun to try to you know try to beat that um you know beat that course but um yeah the um uh, the nickelodeon show was uh definitely as a kid and then once i seen that they were bringing it back i was just like yeah i'd love to get on that and have fun and you know and and win it who who am i kidding i'd win it but i'll i'll never be on it if if they listen to the show um, you know, hey, um, I'll I'll come on and and win, but uh, yeah, that's a long shot. <laughs> yeah, some something tells me the uh, executives over at Viacom are not listening to uh to our show here. <laughs> uh, Merv, uh, what uh what game show do you think you would absolutely crush? Uh, I guess I don't know if you consider it crushing, but my game plan for Deal or No Deal, um, mm. it always seemed like you could pretty easily get uh, the bottom left corner if i remember correctly be like 50 75k somewhere in that range whenever they'd go up to a million and people you know the whole thing is you get greedy and pass up on that type of money going for like the million bucks but that'd be my game plan just to go for a solid 50 75 dollar paid 50 to 75k payday and get out of there what would I the think tax it was a good shot. 
Oh, heavens, probably what, 40% at, right off the old head first and then whatever your tax rate is. Yeah, I mean, so so yeah. you're only walking walking home with like twelve twelve thousand dollars. <laughs> no, not if you get like fifty. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, if, if you get fifty, forty percent of that is already what is that? Uh, twenty five. Thirty two or something. Yeah, thirty two thousand dollars off the top. So now you're down to eighteen, and then whatever your tax bracket is, you're okay. So maybe it's going to be closer to what sixteen thousand. Yeah, I'd go in there for thirty k. Yeah, that's my game plan. <laughs> It's not. It's not. It's not a bad idea. Um, I actually, I auditioned um, to be on the first season of Sports Jeopardy with uh, with Dan Patrick when he started that on. Uh, oh wow! It was a streaming service called uh, Crackle. There was a, a streaming service called <laughs> Crackle, and I actually uh, applied for it. I auditioned, and I missed it by one question. And that still haunts me to this day. Get out of here! That yep. Oh, yep. One one little question, and the question was, well, I guess the the answer was, hats off to this bowl game that started in 1955 in Texas, and I I had no idea what it was, and the answer was the the Blue Bonnet Bowl. The fuck. Yeah, and that that that's the type of questions that that were asked in the in the. Uh, in the audition, so was that one guy faking it years ago on ESPN? Was that the Stump the Schwab? Was, that, was it Stump the Schwab? No, that that dude is an absolute genius. He is he is on another level. Oh wow! Yeah, I remember watching it as a teenager and just thinking, yeah, I'll never know that much knowledge. But like I I was tr- I would try to know everybody's information like so much. Like so many people on Twitter now, or you know, whatever, um, you know, form of media you're on. But anyway, and and I just was at some point I was like, you know what? That seems like a bunch of useless stuff, and here I am today. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. I, so <laughs> I actually was met him. I, I met him at, at the audition. He was um, working for the show. He was basically the the stats and info um, coordinator. For uh, for Sports Jeopardy. Oh wow! Yep, that. Huh. Hmm. How about that? Yeah, <laughs> that's uh. I I wouldn't even like. How would you even have a conversation with him? I mean, he probably just spits out facts like, like you. Oh yeah, what do you think about this? Oh well, this, and then he he hits you with a bunch of you know knowledge, and you're just like, oh okay. You know, like, what do I go? What do I do with that? Like, he knows all the history of everything and how it's played out before, and he knows how it's going to play out again before you even, you know, done answering, asking your question. Right. <laughs> uh, Cap, do you have a uh, do you have a, a lopic for us tonight? Um, I was sneaking out. Um, I think they talked about was it when they started talking about putting the pillows under the, under the blanket, trying to sneak out of the room. Um, I think they were talking about that on today's show or something like that. Um, I can't remember what the context was. Was it about, uh, if you guys haven't listened yet, I'm sorry for the spoiler, but was it, was that about uh, the, um, the drug dealers in the bar 
but then they let off on like a tangent onto sneaking out like how do you sneak out or something like that no okay um, <laughs> sorry i i have not had a chance to listen to uh, to monday's show yet yeah i think i'm confusing two segments as well so yeah up in the air <laughs> all right so there was this basset hound moving on Eric, <laughs> do, you, do you have a uh a, a pick for us tonight um what's your most memorable plane ride ever wow that's a that's a great question i'm gonna have to think about that for a second well i only have one well that that that's gonna be the winner for you right that's the the most memorable for you yeah i haven't flown since um i uh well technically i highly anticipated no, no, not at all. I was um I was two and I broke my collarbone the night before and flew on the plane the entire way to Arkansas. That sounds terrible. Were you crying the whole time? Yeah, I mean I was told I was crying. I don't I don't remember, but um Well yeah, yeah you got a broken collarbone and you're two. Yeah. And you're flying. Ouch. Yeah, I, I've never been on a plane since. That just is because when I was fourteen, nine eleven happened and after that I didn't feel the need to fly. So, like, I just drive everywhere. Love a good drive. I mean, I've driven cross country in all different directions. So, Eric, what about you? Oh, man. I don't know. I just saw a plane in the sky, so I thought of that question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll I'll, I'll go ahead and tell the story uh, while while you kind of think of one. Um, We're we're, going to get way, way off, way off topic here. Um, So, it was. Christmas time, uh, 2000, 2015. Uh, this is actually how I proposed to my wife was actually on a plane mid flight. Um, I had had this whole thing set up where I would, uh, lose my wallet and the flight attendant would find it. She would call me up over the, the intercom and I would go up to the front of the plane, grab the mic and, proposed to my wife like that that was that was the whole the whole premise of it so i went to the airport the day before um to kind of let you know southwest know what was going on so they didn't think i'm you know going up you know 9-11 hijacking a plane or anything <laughs> like that um and they said yeah that that's perfect uh here's the flight crew uh we'll go ahead and put a note here on on your ticket that says this is going to be happening um and when you board the plane just um, tell them um, that um, you're 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 on the plane. That here, shit. I just said my name. <laughs> I'm gonna beat that out. <laughs> anyway, um, uh-huh. so, I get so, it. I, so I get on and I said, I'm here. Uh, they said, Well, well welcome on here. Let's let, let's get you seated and we we go and sit down. And then halfway through the the flight i look at uh now my my now wife and i say babe I, I lost my wallet i have no idea where it is i can't find it and so we, we call the flight attendant over says hey I, I lost my wallet i have no idea where it is and she says oh it's 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 got to be here so about halfway through the flight we're actually we're actually flying over the grand canyon right at this at this moment and uh, she calls me up over the intercom, says, hey, uh, we, we found your wallet. Come on up and get it. And I uh, went up, grabbed the microphone, 
and I professed my love to uh, to my now wife and proposed and thankfully thankfully in front of 180 passengers she uh, she said yes so that is my most memorable flight how about that wow i i was so happy that at the beginning like i felt like my heart stopped for a second because i thought you were going to say like you were mid-air and you had like they were came over the microphone like oh yeah like we're gonna crash or something and you were just like hey will you marry me and then you know everything turned out to be fine like that's what my first my i imagined at first and (laughs) (laughs) no no uh nothing nothing like that thank uh thank god Um, i mean i I don't know why i think everything's a movie yeah (laughs) eric did you uh come up with the story yet uh yeah well was that a real story, Beep? That's that, crazy. That is that is a hundred percent true. I actually I don't I know. The, I have the video as well. I don't know what's crazier is that story or the fact that I thought of that question for a podcast while you were on it answering. That's that's wild. Kismet. I've never Kismet. Think we're, of that. we're winging everything tonight, Murph. Just winging whatever, it. whatever's there, just just go with it. <laughs> um, I don't know. If it's that memorable, but it was a red eye out of. Fort Lauderdale and uh, Mark Jones was on the flight and I did not recognize him. I was half asleep and I think like still half drunk and I sat like two seats next to him. Who? And I just remember Mark Jones. He's a uh, Mark Jones. Yeah. From ESPN, the basketball. Uh, I'm sorry, Murph. I was doing a thing. He was doing the oh. Mike Jones. Oh, he, you're he joking. Just, he, he capped out. You're joking. Oh. What was I saying? Oh yeah, so I said, sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. I sat two so two seats next to him, and I was really tired. I was drinking coffee, and I was just thinking to myself, like, this guy's really into basketball because he was just staring at this iPad, watching like some, I guess, replay. And yeah, it was a little bit after five o'clock in the morning, and he was paying attention. And I was just like, what is this guy doing? And then later, whenever we were deboarding the plane, I was more awake and realized it was him. I was like, wow, that's cool. How about that? <laughs> I like it. So you just you just ran, randomly thought this guy was watching basketball clips at 5 o'clock in the morning, and then you wake up and it's Mark Jones. Yeah, like everyone was just miserable <laughs> and wanting to, you know, not be there, like tend to be on a 5 o'clock plane plane trips and yeah then we went and like he was in first class or whatever and it was like pretty full flight and then like when we were deboarding i saw him i was like holy crap that's mark jones and that's like <laughs> it all makes sense now <laughs> and he's dedicated to the job i guess right user that's a good one <laughs> all right I've, I've got a lot pick here um what normal everyday activity would you be an Olympic gold medalist in? And I'll, I'll go ahead and, uh, and answer while you guys kind of think of, uh, think of your answer. If there was an Olympic event for plugging in a USB upside down, I would get the gold medal for that. And the other one would be napping. I can nap literally anytime, anywhere. 15, 20 minutes, wake up fully refreshed. So I, uh, the way this was framed in the chat, I had a great way to end it. 
but since there's only three of us, it wouldn't be as funny. Um, you can cut this or leave it in if it seems funny at the end, but I was just going to say podcasting um, because that's the way that it was framed in the chat was what would you be a bronze medalist at, but uh, you around at normal people or something, you would seem, um, you would win a medal at what you do because uh, everybody's idiots. I think it was put that way in the chat. Okay, yeah, like you're, you're, you're going off of uh, Flem's question there. It wasn't that well. No, so I just uh, I just did bad again. That's good. That's on brand. <laughs> if if doing good. bad at podcasting was an Olympic <laughs> Olympic event, you would be the gold medalist cap. I swear, sure. I, audience, I'm telling you now, I do not do this on purpose. I, I'm not doing this on purpose. I guess it might seem funny, but I'm I just I'm I'm like Kobe without a jumper. I'm I'm up in the air, and it's just not. I'm not releasing. Just it's you an up and down every Cody. time. You're you're just our Greg Cody. That's that's all it is. That kind of thing. Yeah. That kind <laughs> of thing. I was I practicing I, that all day long. I I don't know if we have the the rights to that song. I, I may have to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, what about you? So, what uh what normal everyday activity would you be a gold medalist in? Oh man, normal everyday activity. I guess now it's uh, talking on the phone because it's a lot of a lot of hours that most out of out of my day right now. So that one, perfect. Yeah, phone calls go like, like this. I feel like I'm a gold medalist Twitter account or Twitterer, however you want to put it. No, you're a gold medalist retweeter. <laughs> Everybody's numbers were down all week. <laughs> I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna chill a little bit, so I don't spam everybody's accounts anymore. I'm losing too many followers. Always fun. Smash that retweet <laughs> button. It's so Something easy. About it. I got into the habit of it because good. everybody would just like something, and something would have like ten thousand likes and fifty retweets, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" You know what I mean? Like you, you can't get more than fifty people to retweet this. Like, what's everybody's problem? And then I got in the habit of just retweeting everything, and then I'm like, at this point, it's well, how do I, I think retweet that's everything? It's all yeah. I think that's how it starts. Like, people treat it like it's such a big deal. It's like it's a Twitter retweet button. <laughs> I'm just trying to be nice when I'm retweeting everybody else's shit. Like, I don't even care for it most of the time. <laughs> or like with crisp i don't even understand it half the time <laughs> but you know what crispy doesn't even understand his his own twitter account, so <laughs> that, that's okay hang it i thought i was the only one did that oh, i don't understand that <laughs> we're all good teammates we all just retweet and have no idea what the hell anybody's talking about <laughs> i don't think anybody's gonna have any idea what the hell we're talking about tonight and that's going to do it for the post-post-game show. Uh, you're joined tonight by Cap and by Mike Ryan fan account. Uh, this is at BeepCount on Twitter. We will talk to you next time.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Lauer After Hours. You can always reach us on Twitter at Lauer After Hours or Instagram at Lauer After Hours. We're available wherever you get podcasts, so don't forget to download, subscribe, review, and rate five stars.